Praise the Lord. No, looks like rapture has taken place after the resurrection. You know, I'm glad that you know we can come together to worship God. We want to welcome every one of you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we also want to welcome all those who are joining us online. God bless you as you uh, worship with us and listen to God's word and take part in this service. And uh, let's look to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Speak to me. Speak to us. Build us. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to sing the glory of your name, the name Jesus. We thank you, Lord Master. You are always supreme over everything in the world. Every knee, every name, every one will bow before you one day and proclaim you as Lord. And even as you have given us this privilege to proclaim you as Lord now, help us, Lord, to respond to this Lordship from the depth of our heart. Hide me behind the cross and speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to take your attention to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. You know, this is uh, a message, uh, part of a message that I've shared before maybe two years, more than two years ago. And um, the title for today's message is The Implication of His Resurrection. The Implication of His Resurrection. In Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 onwards to verse 14, we find uh, two parts. One is speaking about the internal uh, revival and the other one is talking about the external relationship. The internal revival and the external relationship. And you can keep that uh, portion open, Colossians chapter 3, 1 to 14. The, implications, uh, the implication of his character is to form a great character in all of us. You understand, we are eligible to receive a great character from God. Paul is influenced by the grace of God always and is passionate about believers in Christ living for God. You and I are believers in Christ and he desires, he longs as God's apostle that Christ will live in us and we will live in Christ. His teachings include uh, theology as well as practical living. When we talk about theology, let's not say this is for the Bible college professor, it's not for me. No, because out of the theology, things about God, the knowledge about God, the information about God flows into our life, the character of God. You understand? You can't, different, you can't separate both. And uh, practical life will be better if we are able to understand the theology behind what God has done for us on the cross and also about the resurrection. And the uh, Bible is simple. Uh, for very simple for all of us, you know, for people like you and me. It's for simple people, it's not for great people. People who could come with humility, people who could come with openness, people who could come with a longing and say, Lord, I wanted to understand you. I wanted to understand your word. You understand? You know, you and I can come to God and say, Lord, reveal your word to me, reveal yourself to me, speak to me, minister to me. And God is so willing and so wonderful to reveal himself to you and me. And I as always say it is only through the word, first and foremost. It's only through the word. 
all other revelations has to submit to the authority of God's word. If there is any other revelation which is not subject to God's word, you can just take everything and put it in the dustbin. Whoever teaches, whoever preaches. Okay, you can keep that aside if it is does not go well with what God's word say. And this part of the chapter is full of actions. This part of the chapter, Colossians 3, 1 to 14, is full of actions. The first part is uh, verse 1 I want to read to you. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Here it talks about setting our hearts, setting our minds on things above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. The first implication for you and me who are earthly minded is this invitation and uh, this urge or this uh, uh, command to tell us, telling us to set our minds on things above. To set our affections on things above. You understand? Set your affection. Paul says this uh, as a fact. He says you have been raised together with Christ. Because of something that has happened. You know when you and I accepted Christ. Our old nature becomes dead. There is a dead nature in you and me. But sometimes when we begin to feed it. It becomes to life. So you and I have to be careful. So because the old nature is dead. He's saying, you set your affection on things above. It's not easy. It's very challenging because there are so many other things that will draw our attention, draw, draw our affection, draw our mind, draw our hearts, our love. And in the midst of all this, Paul says, set your heart, set your affection on things above. And Psalmist said in Psalm 63 verse 8, you know, in King James, it says, my soul follows hard after you. What it means? It means, Lord, there are so many things that is so attractive, pulling me. But in the midst of all this, I am putting my affection on you. I am find, trying to find it hard to follow you. And Christian life is that. Fondness for God through Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit. As soon as we accept Christ... God plants inside you and me, not my own, not our own, but God plants inside us the fondness, the affection for God. And that has to continue to grow. Loving God, growing in loving God, that is the Christian life. The implication number one of resurrection is setting our minds, on, setting our affections on God. And you know something, people have a desire to upgrade your mobile. You, you and I have a, a desire to upgrade our iPads, our laptops, our cars. You know, life to, uh, we like to upgrade our lifestyle as we begin to earn more. It's normal. I've seen families who have come, we've had only uh, metal tables, metal chairs in their home, nothing there. And uh, they're newly married. Now we find them, you know, owning two apartments, three apartments. God has lifted them up. And uh, we all like to come up in life. Let me tell you, God desires, the Holy Spirit desires that we also begin to upgrade our inner man, our upgrade our spiritual life, upgrade our heart, our heart for God more and more. And he says, set your affection. 
and this morning wanted to ask all of us from god's word where is our affection where is our affection and you and i have to really think whenever we are in this world until we are we close our eyes and go is my affection set on god on things above where christ is seated on the right hand of god then he goes on to say set your minds on things above set your affection set your minds on things above every day devil tries to put into our mind thoughts that is not to be welcomed and all of us are example all of us have that struggle but then we don't live in that mind and begin to entertain it god wants us to resist it completely things that are not when going with god's word and it's because of the implications of christ rising again not because of you and me not without help because you you are you have been raised together you and i are raised together so he says set your affection your heart and then also set your mind you know why because mind is a place where thoughts are put you know thoughts of hatred thoughts of lust thoughts of uh, greed thoughts of competitiveness thoughts to slander gossip thoughts to be jealous to be proud constantly this mind begins to work on all that and he says set your mind set your heart set your mind and ephesians 2 paul said because you've been raised from dead you've been seated at the right hand of god you know our spiritual a uh, place physically we may be here but spiritually we are raised together with christ where christ is seated on the right hand of god that is our spiritual condition may god help you and me to understand this fully as we battle things in our mind as the devil tries to put things in our mind and as we try to sometimes entertain it may we realize that i am seated together with christ at the right hand of god spiritually spiritually you know with all our education perfumes beauty parlor visits gym bodies we are like lepers before god spiritual lepers before god somebody one i know pastor on pastor used to say outside butter inside gutter outside butter inside gutter with everything okay style is nice short nice tie everything very expensive but inside gutter uh, there was a, a baby eagle that was captured that fell from the nest and it normally doesn't happen it fell from the nest they took that baby eagle and they put it along with the chicks and allowed the chicks uh, to grow uh, allowed this to grow with the chicks you know and this baby eagle developed everything it's an eagle but it developed everything how a chick eats how a chick walks how a chick behaves and it never learned to fly high you know it got so tuned to that comfortable thing it was getting his feet everything there it started to taste the grain it was tasty instead of eating the flesh it started to eat the grain and it began to live like that i'm sure you understand why i'm saying that some of us are like that spiritual lives are like that for many people they have taught us to taste things in their mind about things of the earth and become comfortable for too long we have looked down may god help 
you and me to look up, to set our minds, to set our heart, our affection there. Because um, you belong there. You and I belong there. For you died. That's what Colossians 3 says. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life, that's how Paul writes. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You know, your life, he is, have you seen sometimes they say about grandparents, for him, for her, for her, everything is their grandchild. It is life. Have you known, noticed that? For him, for her, the job is their life. You Yes or no? Have you heard? Yes or no? Some of you are sleeping, you are awake? Oh, good, good. Thank you. At least one person lifting that. Now, sometimes we have this. This is my life. And Paul says, Christ who is your life appears. Who is your life? And uh, many of us, we work from ourselves towards God. But God in his mercy has worked from his side towards us to give that life. You understand? You and I need not have to struggle to live a life that's pleasing to God. We can look to God. You say, Lord, your resurrected life, your resurrected standard, I want you to enter into this life which is still carrying dead intentions, dreadful attitudes. I want this life to flow. I want this life to flow. I wanted to ask you, my dear brother, my dear sister, how far in our lives do we recognize that we are really dead in Christ, but raised together to be seated on the right hand of God. Set, set, set. That's what Paul says. Set your mind. Set your affections. Christian life is the implications of resurrection. Number one is this. And then, next one, he says in verse 5 on us, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to our earthly nature, Sexual immorality, purity, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. And uh, this translation, NIV, one more translation, says, The wrath of God is coming on the children of disobedience. Involves both. Children of disobedience uh, is definitely people who do not know the Lord, who practice all these things, you know, with impunity and practice all these things, you know, as a lifestyle. But here, he is writing this very specifically to not the people outside. He's saying the wrath of God is coming on the children of disobedience. But why? Because of these things. And then he tells us, put to death. First one is set your mind. Set your heart, your affection. That's the implication of his resurrection. Life flows from him. You and I have to receive that. And secondly, he say, slay. Slay. Set. Then he say, slay all these things. Whatever belongs to the earthly nature. Think of this. He says there is an earthly nature. These things belong to the earthly nature. And uh, even though we can give an ex excuse saying this, uh, this is my nature or I'm in the flesh. Paul says very clearly, yes, yes, you are in the flesh, but put to death, slay it. You understand? Slay it. Slay it. And um, we know that this is a powerful evil battle. Nobody knows. Some people get involved in sexual 
immoral acts, they are caught. But there are some people who don't get caught. Mostly, most of the people don't get caught because it works on the mind, it works on the eyes, it works on the heart. Mo most of the people don't get caught. But the eyes of God is upon you and me. The Spirit of God is watching. And one of the most shocking things in my life is I've seen, looked up to some people and said, I wish, you know, I had a nature like them. You know, quiet disposition, uh, disposes and very quiet uh, disposition and very uh, nice people. But I was shocked when they had taken confidence in me and shared some of the shortcomings and weakness. Then I realized, yes, it is not what we see outside. You understand? We are carried away by watching outside. But the Spirit of God is watching inside, deep, one of us. And uh, I'm sure that we all can proudly say, I was swimming in the pool. I I'm a football player. I was playing football. I'm a guitarist, a musician. I'm a preacher. We can all say proudly, you know, I'm this, I'm that. But nobody can say, I'm involved in sexual sin. Or I entertain impure thoughts. Or I have, I have evil desires. Nobody will come and confess that. We can say all the good things about ourselves. These things we cannot say. But thank God. Thank God. You and I have a savior. Jesus. Who died on the cross. Only for these sins. These are some of the sins he died for. So that from him can flow this life into us. This life can flow, you know, this life can flow into us powerfully for his glory. And he said, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the children of disobedience. Slay it before it can slay you and me. Greed. He involves also, he talks about greed, which is idolatry. You know, uh, greed is another thing which people will not know. Sometimes it comes out in the open, uh, the way we show our greed. But greed is also something inside. We long for it. Paul says, slay that. Slay that. Take an effort to slay it. You and I have to turn our back against it and uh, walk out from it and ask God, Lord, give me that grace. Let this life flow from your cross into me. You, are, you have raised yourself to be seated on the right hand of God. You have raised me, a wicked person, to be seated with you. So give me that life. And let me tell you the power, the power of resurrection can flow into those areas where you and I have weaknesses, big weaknesses, big weaknesses, where nobody can touch, nobody can help, to nobody you and I can confess. The life of God, the resurrected life of God can flow and change and transform them. And all that God sees is, is there a willingness? Is there a willingness in our hearts to walk towards that resurrected life? Is there a willingness to turn our backs on those that are impure, on that which is greedy, which is idolatry? And God loves to dwell inside you and me through the power of the Holy Spirit. What a beauty it is. What a life that you and I can enjoy having God inside you and me. And Christian life is a battle. It's not an easy life coming and worshipping God, you know, preaching, you know, music, singing, worship, or doing all the other things. Christian life is all that good. But Christian life, if you ask me, it's a battle 
it's a battle in the mind it's a battle in the eyes it's a battle in the heart it's a battle in the flesh and if there's no battle if there's no disturbance in our mind let me tell you you and i have to check our christian life you and i have to really go to god and say lord make me to be sensitive to these sinful things to all these greed and other things and god wants to dwell in us flee that's what paul says in other place flee and standard of moral purity is extremely high god has placed god has placed this world offers everything so easily nothing uh, for to sin you don't need to spend much effort not an effort is needed to live in sin it's easy it, it, you and i can flow with it very easily but it is a challenge to go against it when i say go against it, i'm not saying stand against it you know uh, uh, what's happening in in other places i'm talking about the own heart to struggle and uh, you and i have the help of the holy spirit and paul said so beautifully in romans 8:13 for if you live according to the flesh you will die you will die that's what he says prem you will be dead you may be preaching but you are dead you may be a pastor you are dead you and i can be worship leaders but we are dead he says uh, if we live according to the flesh but that's a beauty but however if by the spirit you understand the help that comes from god by the spirit if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live the impl the implication of resurrection life is to slay lust and greed is to first it is to set our mind to set our affections on god second one is to slay you know he brings it into you and me as we connect with the resurrected life of god my desire is you and i long for it long for it and we experience the life of god and then he says something else from verse 8 onwards strip yourself set your mind set your heart your affections and then he says slay and then he says strip yourselves of all these is says in verse 8 but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger rage malice slander filthy language from your lips do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of its creator image of its creator here there is no gentile or jew or circumcised barbarian or scythian slave or free but christ is all and is in all uh, and is in all and he says again such there is no law there's no limit for us to do these good things he says he he says there's no limit or you can do good only to this level he said there's no law it's free you and i can do but for other thing he say slay it but when it comes to stripping our life he says you know go do it go do it strip our life of all this and uh, setting our mind setting our affections slaying these things and here paul is talking about now stripping our life the sins of our emotions and tongue the sins of our emotions and our tongue there was a lady a wife who did everything 
in the house cleaning and then she will complain everything gets dirty so fast and um, i keep cleaning so the husband said yes i know that uh, you know it gets dirty but you cleaned one month ago you know you cleaned the house one month ago and he said cleaning is a way of life not an event so he tells her cleaning is a way of life i'm talking about i'm not please wives i'm not saying you have to clean i'm talking about husbands also have the responsibility to clean okay both of us have to clean everything and uh, here i'm talking about the cleaning of a life you know you and i have to check these things constantly anger rage you know you know what is rage anger is something inside rage is something that comes out because of anger malice malicious intent people have malicious intent filthy language from your lips do not lie to each other god wants us to be truthful and recently god was you know spirit of god was impressing upon my heart pray what you even offer if you offer a coffee to someone are you doing that from your heart is there a saying uh, thing saying just for formality sake you're offering a coffee you understand formality sake you're offering something but within you you don't want to take the trouble of making coffee but within you you just offer even there the spirit of god is saying be truthful be truthful in what you speak and what you have in your heart the spirit of god has to constantly work in us i told you christian life is a battle it's not an easy life and christian life when people say oh like this like that i really wonder whether they really read the bible when i read the bible i only think of paul's struggles paul's uh, you know a longing for his people to live what god wanted encouraging them pleading for them interceding for them the spirit spirit of god christ himself is interceding for us on the cross of calvary i'm sorry on the right hand of god he interceded for us on the cross and he's interceding for us on the right hand of the father why because there is a force that is working against you and me and i wanted to ask you my dear brother my dear sister how much are we in line with what god wanted not in line with what we wanted in line with what god wanted and christian life needs human discipline and a godly control that flows from god's holy spirit and uh, i remember you know some of you may be wondering why i'm speaking on this character building that's one of my favorite because as a 19 year old boy i came to christ um not because i wanted salvation not because i wanted healing i wanted some wisdom to study i wanted a job i wanted some blessing i came to god as a 19 year old boy because i wanted character you understand and when i look back all these years i can only say it's a battle you understand it's a battle christian life is character formation internal transformation with the help of the holy spirit this word will speak to you and me the truth will tell you to you and me up to our face this is what you are when we go to it every day of course it will encourage you and me he will encourage you and me. he will build you and me he will give us promises he will comfort us but it, he will also tell the truth to you and me about our nature about our character alistair macgrath is one of those finest theologians uh, in the world he says when he was a small boy he used to take a british coin old coin 
and he will put into an acid, you know, in a bowl containing an acid. And after some, it's an old coin, after some time he will try to remove it with the forceps, he will remove it, with the tongs he will remove it and see that acid, the power of the acid is so much that it will remove all the dirt and everything and the beautiful image of Queen Victoria will be seen on the coin. It will cleanse it completely. And Paul is calling you and me. The Bible is calling you and me. God is saying, yes, I can remove all the dirt, the grime that is masking my image in you. Masking my image in you. That's covering my image in you. I can allow my image to flow out to show to you. And if you read John chapter 12 and 13, last week, I think a week before that I was, uh, I think week before that I was reading through John chapter 12 and 13. I found something very interesting about Judas. You know, Judas suddenly did not go and slide, uh, you know, into the opposition camp and say, yes, I wanted to show Jesus to you. Give me 30 pieces of silver. There was a gradual slide from in his life. In chapter 12, you find that when Mary anointed the feet of Jesus with expensive oil and started to wipe her feet with, his, with her hair, Judas was standing there and he was telling, why this waste? And the writer, John, writes in that uh, 12th chapter saying that Judas had the bag and he helped himself with whatever is in the bag. You know, he was robbing. He was a thief. That's what the Bible says. He was a thief. He was robbing. You know, maybe it was not every day. Occasionally he was doing, he was helping himself whenever there was a need. He thought people were trusting and giving the money for their work, for their travels. He was trying to help himself. Then you find in chapter 13, the Bible says, devil put into the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. You understand? There is a thought that is put into Judas. He was helping himself. He, I'm sure he never had this in mind to show Jesus. But he opened his way for what? For the demon, the, spirit, the evil to put into his heart to betray Jesus. Then you go further on 13th chapter, you go down, you find sad. Satan entered Judas. You understand? Satan entered. I'm not frightening. I'm saying what is in the Bible. He was occasionally helping himself. And then a time came, he opened his heart for devil to you know, put into his heart. Then not only that, he opened his heart so wide that the devil can enter into him and be there. And you know what was his end? It was destruction. The Spirit of God began to minister to me. This is how slide happens. Small, small things, little things. Oh, only this much, only that much. It's okay. He says, you're opening your heart to bigger things. And then as you open the heart to bigger things, we are going to entertain the power of evil itself to get into you and me. You may ask, I'm a believer. Can it happen? Judas was a believer. He was following Jesus. He was close with Jesus. He has seen the miracles firsthand. We only, you and I have only heard. He has seen everything. He has walked you know, with Jesus. He has seen the multitudes he being fed. He had been with Jesus when he calmed the sea. He did great things. All the wonderful teachings he heard. But his heart was cut off. May God help you and me. There was, okay, I'll tell you later. There were, and then finally he says, clothe yourself. Set your mind. Set your affections. Slay the fleshly things, greed. And then he says, strip your life 
of all the earthly nature. Anger, all these things are earthly. He says, strip your life of all these earthly nature. And then he says, clothe yourself. Clothe yourself as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Old life is dead. And then Paul is saying, this is the new life. This is what is offering. God is saying, these are the clothes that is available for you and me. I'm sure there is old clothes here, dirty clothes here, and new clothes here, and expensive clothes here. I say, freely I'm going to give you. Free. I don't think anybody will go to the one, two, three. You'll all go to the last one, the expensive ones, the designer ones. This, clo this clothing is much, much better than the designer ones that comes in the market daily. Clothe yourself. And it's a free clothing that God gives you and me. God gives you and me. He says, strip and now clothe. Clothe with my nature. And um, Christian virtues is essential part of Christian living. And these virtues, you and I have to really look to God. He says, I have died on the cross. I have died on the cross so that I can receive. I rose up again so that I can send this life to you and me. For your life is dead and now it is hidden with Christ in God. The implications of resurrection. Let's not say Easter was a good day, a nice service. We had a nice meal. We had a nice uh, no, outing with our families back home. We enjoyed everything. No, let's not leave it there. Let's allow the implication of resurrection to fill us and lead us into the fullness of life. Chosen people, he says, this is how it says, you're God's holy people, you're dearly loved. Can I read that passage again to you? He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, who was chosen? You, me, we are chosen people. Then he says, holy people, who? You, me. And then he says, dearly loved or beloved, you and I are so dear to God. And all this can life can flow because not of me, it's because of his love or what he did for us on the cross. And he rose up again and that resurrected power is available. Whichever area you are struggling, we are struggling in our life. You and I can invite God in that area. Christian life, I told you, is difficult. When others are cheating and coming up in life, you and I can't cheat. You and I have to suffer. When others are telling lies and moving forward and giving, getting good appreciation, you and I cannot. You and I have to tell the truth and suffer for it. You and I have to expose our limitations, saying only this much, I can't just fudge my... Uh, data or fudge my work and give it. When all others are enjoying lies and all types of evil, you and I cannot. You and I cannot. When all others are giving themselves, you know, for sin so that they can get promotions, I cannot because I'm a different person. Christian life is a struggle. And if 
everybody says Christian life is easy. Definitely they don't know what the Bible says. And you and I are called to live that life. We are chosen people, holy people, dearly beloved by God. You and I, is, uh, you, uh, God's eye will always be upon you and me. Will always be upon you and me. In all our struggles, he will never leave us. You find in the Bible, when the people stood for righteousness, they suffered. They suffered, but they had a superior life flowing inside them and God was lifting them up. God was lifting them up. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with each other, forgiveness. And then he says, over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. What does it mean when you're compassionate, when you're kind, when you're humble, when you're gentle, when you're patient, when you're bearing with each other and when you forgive each other? People will still not value that. You know that? People, some of them may not value that. They may even work against you for doing all these small good things. But Paul says, in the midst of all this, bind it with love. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Bind it with love. Because you, will be dis you and I will be disappointed in life. Christian life is sometimes a disappointment. You will do good, you will re reap harm. You want to be tell the truth, you will suffer. But he says, bind it with love. And love is a choice. Love is a choice. It is not an option, it's a choice. It's an, it's an option, but it's a choice. You and I choose to love. So may God help you and me. I want you to search your hearts now in God's presence. There was an eagle that was flying over Niagara and it was looking out for food and there it saw a dead goat with its eagle eyes. It saw a dead goat, frozen dead goat flowing on that river that drops down. And uh, because of the chillness, ice had formed on that goat. The eagle could see it and it went and plunged his claws on it and began to remove the ice and began to pluck the flesh and eat. It was very happy it found food. It was going, the whole thing was moving. It saw waters plunging down a little more further, maybe about one mile more, one mile more. It said, let me wait. It was going on eating. It was flowing down, flowing down, flowing down. It saw, oh, another 100 meters there. Let me eat more. And when it goes 100 meters, let it, before it plunges, I will fly. It went on eating. And then it was about 20 meters. It said, okay, 20 meters. Within the net, another uh, 10 meters, I can eat whatever I can. Quickly, it started to eat before it's going to fly away. And when it was nearing down, it said, okay, fine, I've eaten enough. I will escape. It tried to take its wings and fly. It couldn't. It claws had gone inside, deep inside. Ice had formed over it over a period of time from that, you know, that one mile distance, and it got tuck, stuck. Claws got stuck. It plunged to death along with the dead goat. It plunged to death along with the dead goat. I'll never forget this illustration because it helped me to come to Lord. You know, in the year 1978, when uh, Reverend Billy Graham was in Chennai. 
and he, sh uh, he, he shared this story in his message. He made a deep impression in my heart. Ten years, ten months after that, it was always working in me. Ten months after that, I surrendered my life to Jesus. My dear brother, my dear sister, we will look to God and say, Lord, I want to set my mind. You are resurrected. We celebrated last year's resurrection. I want to see the full flow of your resurrection into me. I want to set my mind. I want to set my affection on you. I want to strip or slay everything that is wicked and evil and greed. And I wanted to strip my life of anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, lying to one another, all this. And then I want to clothe myself with your life. I'll tell you, God will be too willing to offer that. That's why he rose up again on the Easter day. On the Easter day, he rose up again only to give that life for you and me. The fullness of life. No, not the, he's not looking at the age. He's looking at everyone and saying, any age. I'm willing to offer. Never think, some of you, I'm young. Let me live some more time and then I would get into this fullness of life that God offers. I told you about the eagle. Be careful. Now, God says, I want you. I want you. I want to allow my fullness to flow. And I'll tell you, you and I will enjoy God, but at the same time, you and I will be disturbed. Christian life, I told you, is a disturbed life. It will disturb your status quo. It will disturb what you others do. You can't do. It will disturb you know, your, your lifestyle itself. But there will be peace of God. If you read the same chapter, chapter 3, he says, let the peace of God dwell in your heart. The peace of Christ. Yes, in the midst of all this, you and I will enjoy that peace. You and I will be a worshiper. And we will glorify God. Let's look to God in prayer.